0: How was service and all for y'all Sunday? that? Good. You're welcome. Well. Yeah, uh, got into some things uh, a little bit prophetically um, as far as a challenge awesome. to as, as, us as individuals and then also coming out of the fourth chapter of Daniel. Oh, um, nice. Fourth chapter of Daniel where I've been doing this thing: We are weak, but he is strong. <laughs> and so this yeah. coming Sunday will be the third Sunday event. That's awesome. And um, and in some of this relating the fact that we began with the arrogance and pride of King Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. uh, who said, you know, I'm in my great house, I'm in my great palace, and and, and what is the world to me? <laughs> you know, this is mighty Babylon, right? This is mighty Babylon. Babylon. And, uh, and of course, the dream that continued to haunt him was finally interpreted by God's man, mm-hmm. Daniel, whom he called Belshazzar. Which was the name of his God, right? One of the references. You know, this is what they did. They changed the names, of course. Naturally, with all the Hebrew children, and uh, and and they had already been put to a test. You know, the the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, yes, uh, which were the four names of those three Hebrew yep. young men, uh, Azariah, Hananiah, Mishael, yeah. who who in fact then were challenged uh, to bow before his image mm-hmm. because he had been. Encouraged by those behind the scene. I wonder sometimes we think our leaders are making decisions, but I wonder if it's actually the people pushing them from behind. Right. And this was a clear case of that. Utilizing his ego, utilizing his position, and pressing him to do something otherwise he had not really intended to do, seemingly. And then, of course, they did not bow. And, and you know, many years ago, Oral Roberts, the famous message by Oral Roberts that many have re-preached. Yeah. The, the children, did they refuse to bow, and they did not burn. That's right. And uh, That's right. So That's if right. you do not bow, you do not burn. You do not burn. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so this was, the, this was the next episode, you know, and then Daniel comes in with the interpretation. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, great king, you are the tree. The great and mighty tree that grows up and that is chopped down, yeah. you are that tree, yeah. and you will be put out to pasture. Literally, he was for seven years.
1: And it's funny, and I and I don't mean to immediately turn this turn to a different direction, but mm. it's funny when when you when you talk about that that imagery there that Daniel's interpreting. Yeah, I um, immediately, for some reason, my brain saw the great tree uh, there in uh, the. In the Tolkien verse, you know, and all those things in the great, the the, the tree that comes from the Eldar that's blessed, that's blessed by God and blessed by the eternal spirit. And then is placed there in the midst of these kingdoms and repeatedly the fall of the kingdom is the felling of the tree. Like wow. you, oh, there's always this association, and yeah. naturally, of course, Tolkien yeah. being a believer, that's something that we can naturally allude to. That Absolutely, with him being raised in the Christian iconography and then the scripture, yes. it would have been something he would allude to naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Is the fact that each time the arrogance of man gets to a certain point, you see their kingdom crumple and that that head tree, that that king tree, continuously getting felled. But of course, as as the king returns and as the redemption story of of that. You know, telling happens. You see the rebirth of the tree, and
0: mm-hmm. the story
1: ends with the fruit be- bearing forth. And, and And so, it's funny how, it, you know, we we see these archetypes replayed through our pop culture. But if we trace them back to their origin, of course, in the in the, one of the foundational texts here in the Bible, you see how. Those those motifs have been clearly put forward by God to communicate with us. Like, hey, there's there's there a goes. there's a there's a rhythm here. There's a story here that you need to pay right. attention to, and you know we can we not that I'm saying we should interpret Hollywood movies for prophetic prophecy, no, but no, there is there is it is fascinating how a lot of times one of the things people use to discount Scripture and discount this is because oh well this story is told through all these different religions and through all these different types of people that were completely removed from the Bible. Exactly. I'm like, well, yes, but we were all created by a singular God. So exactly. there are singular truths. And every time we start talking about a great tree coming to calamity, you cannot help but return to the garden.
0: There and, you go. You know, and so here we have... started to say <laughs> some, the origins of this all began with the tree in the garden, didn't right, it? Right, right, right. And so
1: humanity's arrogance yeah. and the concept of oh well, who can touch me? All goes back to that first, right? You know, sin-filled moment where oh well, surely God wouldn't create something that would harm me, or surely that won't harm me because I'm God's anointed one, or mm-hmm. you know, the created of it. But He told you not to. He told you not to. He told you not to get too big for your britches, and so on and so forth. Yes. And so when Daniel is interpreting that dream, he starts by playing to the vanity of King Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. Knowing what the rest of the interpretation is, but he has to do it in order to maintain his audience, maintain his the person he's speaking to. Exactly. And then, you know, that's one of the things that's always beautiful about how Daniel speaks to him and all that. Cause he, you can almost tell that Daniel knows his audience is bigger than the king. Like, cause of course, if he's standing in the throne room, it's not like, I don't, you know, if you've watched any movie or read any history, that throne room oh, yeah. was not just him and a king. Like, that was full of people. There was, yes. I mean, all these wise men, all these interpreters, whatever. Everybody would have been there. The court would have been there. And yes. so he showed due respect, but still brought the hammer. Because yes. that was the truth. And yes. that was one of the things that, you know, no matter how far we get removed or how much we want to discount the Bible or those type mm-hmm. of things, when you ask for a believer to bring you. Understanding or to talk to you about something, you have to realize we are always going to come with that truth. Right, and whether it hits you like a sledgehammer or not, we have to bring that truth with us. We have yes. to bring the scripture along with us because that's the foundation truth for interpreting any
0: reality. Yeah. and you know the perspectives. Well, Daniel said. Daniel said to him. He said, "Okay, oh, I wish that." this was a word concerning one of your great enemies okay. or adversaries mm-hmm. and not the great king himself. That's right. You know, so basically he came with all due respect. Mm-hmm. And you called me in here to bring an interpretation, that which none of your other conjurers, seers, prognosticators, wizards, basically all these things, things right. that so many now are, are continually being told that this is, you know, this is really the way to go and mm-hmm. seek after these dark advisors and dark counsels. And yeah. all of those went before King Nebuchadnezzar, because remember the Babylon, now this was the Neo-Babylonian period, right. the, uh, the ancient Babylon uh, was a seat of the occult, and it right. uh, was, was really, you know, in every epic of the world, there is a place that really becomes the center of occultism and, and the dark arts or whatever right. you want to say. And, and, there, and in fact, Father Abraham was called really? out of Ur of the Chaldeans, see, that was right. the old Chaldeans. Okay. And in fact, yeah. In fact, what some of your translations will say mm-hmm. that he called forth the Chaldeans and the and the seers and the diviners. Right. And all.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: And so. You know, so he brought back, he, he was bringing the old gods and the new gods. He's yeah. bringing them all, yeah, all there. You know, did you get that GOT reference? <laughs> I guess you did. Anyway, but nonetheless, so you don't want to leave any of them out, right? Right. But, exactly. and, and Daniel could have corrected him, but I noticed the humility of Daniel. Daniel knew his place. Right. right. And I think that's a good thing. We all should, we all should know our place. In the order of things, and this is another reason I get so concerned because of the, the 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 overall tearing down of of understanding. It seems like in culture today, this counterculture thing of tearing down uh, even just even the basic um, uh, rudiments of of order, uh, right. of of courtesies, of position. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this type of this type of thing. Uh, you know, I, and uh, I, you know I, that that bothers me, right? And some people say, oh, you're well. You're an old guy. You're old thinking. Whatever." No, no, no. I, I think it, I think it's more than that. Okay. Um, you know, but nonetheless, and Daniel says because the king says, "You know, Daniel, I respect you as as one of the brightest among those uh, who the gods speak to." Right. And see, and Daniel could have done like some of us today, uh, like some I can remember in in seminary who went to professor was trying to get us to stimulate a little to stimulate us to get us to think a little bit mm-hmm. there was always somebody up in the back corner usually who, who would say oh but now 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 you know the great so-and-so said this uh, uh doctor you, you shouldn't make that you know I always tried to put the professor right. in his place anyway and i'm sitting there thinking just let the man do his job uh right. where he's trying to stimulate us look, trying to get us to think a little bit and Daniel could have stepped and said, "Oh no, 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 King! I'm I'm one of the great Hebrew children who believes in the great Jehovah Almighty, and you can only call it by such a name and this a name." But right. Okay, well, we got too much of that going on too, yeah. and that doesn't help us any. I don't think. Well,
1: no, because the what's the fruit there? That's not it. You, that, you know, because if you look at it, anytime, anytime Christians start getting arrogant about their faith that. and pushy about it, yeah, that's when you end up on a street corner. With a sign that says "You're all going to hell." There ain't no hope, right? Which is not the message of the Scripture, and you know, it, yes, it is, That's but it, a, it's a fact. It's a fact, in it's scripture, a fact yeah. of Scripture, but it's not how we're called to be. That was not the ministry that we were demonstrated in our, in our spiritual Father in Jesus Christ. We're not. We, he did not demonstrate yeah. uh, a spirit of condemnation on the world when he walked around and you have to realize that's one of the things I think we forget. Like we talk about Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ was here for 33 years and he witnessed what he witnessed in that time. And then he began his ministry when he began his ministry. He had a very, very clear understanding, you know, even if we're just talking about the human aspect of understanding of who it was, he was ministering to the difference in types of people. Yeah. Like he had, he had, he had lived long enough on the earth. Trust me. I am, I'm 33 years old. I have seen all types of people. Absolutely. I've interacted with all types of yeah. people and been privy to some very crazy scenarios. Sure. But the fact sure. of the matter is, is the, what we're called to be and how we're called to be around those people is first we're called to be eternally grateful to God. Yes. For our redemption. Yes. We're supposed to be in a spirit of thanks as for a perspective of thankfulness mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. But then we're also supposed to be acting out of love and acting out of compassion and empathy for. We were all we, we, we have all been uh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So exactly. if if you're if you first of all, let's get past the lie of church that there's different weights to different sins. Sorry, no sin is sin. sin, is sin, is sin. sin. Now there's you different know, consequences. There's different, here. yeah, co- there's, growth, there's worldly consequences yeah. to different types of sin. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, when we're talking an eternal timeline, sin is sin. And you know, if you're guilty, if you're yes. guilty of one, you, you can be guilty of all, as far as as far as all that goes. Yes. Um. So we need to stop looking at each other from a perspective of you know, well, I'm better than you because I've I've only ever you know done this or yeah. I've only ever done yeah. that. Yeah. And I never well I was never that bad. I was never that person. I'm like, Yes. Well if, if that's the way you think and that's the way you operate, are you really operating in grace and what is your testimony? Ah, What's the fruit of your salvation? Exactly. How are you know, how much of the Bible are you actually reading? How much of are you are you meditating on the word yes. and seeing that? Because that was you know, we talked about this last time in our last episode. Paul was a redeemed murderer. Exactly. You know, that that was yes. like his religiosity had taken him to the point where he was taking human life
0: yes. strictly because you don't believe the way I do. I'm yep. going to kill you. That's Se- hate. That's Separating prejudice. families. That's- he was, yeah. yeah, he was dragging people out of their homes. Yeah. Uh, you talk about midnight raids and things like that, just totally over the top yeah. Uh, yeah. because he was such a zealot for his religion. That's right. He That's did right. not have faith until he met the person of faith on the road to Damascus and of course that's Acts chapter 9 I believe isn't Mm -hmm. it but nonetheless you know and just to mention this because you know that transitionary period coming from old covenant into new covenant John is baptizing in the Jordan right and as Jesus comes to him he says he of whom I said would come after me has a higher rank than I for he existed before me and his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, mm-hmm. or literally grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, right? grace and truth realized through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. our faith is a faith of grace based on truth, grace and truth. Right. And and they're, they're back to where you were saying, we were talking about Paul to Timothy, mm-hmm. you know, and they you know, and back in Daniel. Daniel being graceful, mm-hmm. remembering his position, understanding his tenuous position, right, right, <laughs> you know, right. um, and, and yet fulfilling his role and calling to his master, the right. Lord God himself. That's right. And, and delivered to the king that message and that interpretation. That was so difficult. I cannot imagine, you know, this is when a lot of people said, let's make up something kind of, let's let's smooth the edges out on this thing a little bit. But rather Daniel delivered the word to Mm -hmm. the king. But ultimately it turns into a glorious thing because the king Nebuchadnezzar ends up making the decree that the most high God is God. That's right. And the scripture says that (laughs) just like in the story of Job and so many others, the, the scripture tells us that God blessed Nebuchadnezzar even to a greater position than he had right. been. When when Nebuchadnezzar realized he was not the ultimate source of power mm-hmm. and majesty, but he is his, his rank beneath the Almighty God. Yep. And ultimately that's where we come to, I think. You know, the God of this world, uh Paul said, you know, the the, the that power which is of the uh, the power of the air, the, the darkness of the air, the prince of the power of the air mm-hmm. wants us to be subservient to him. He still wants to carry out those those demands and those desires he, uh, he uh, illustrated there in, in Ezekiel and in Isaiah where he says, I will be like the most high. I will exalt my throne. <laughs> And, and and there, that anointed cherub on the side of the north of the Holy Mount of God, who was cast out because of iniquity, because right. of the sin of pride within himself, still wants to accomplish that, realize himself. And if he can't do it himself, he tries to do it through the creation of mankind, through the created beings of man. Yep. Um, because and he doesn't we, have the authority. He doesn't exactly, have manifest authority exactly. that the humanity does.
1: The, they were exactly. given, it, you know, given in the garden as creation and then re, reestablished in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. You know, it's funny when you talk about, you know, when you were talking about Daniel and then you talk about so many others, another great servant of the Lord that you see work against, you know, ulterior motives of people working from the back is I need mean, to think of Esther. Mm-hmm. And Esther, they're, again, influencing a mighty king, an emperor, right. a king of right. kings as far as worldly concerns. Yes, you know, another like, one of the great kings. Enough, you know, of, yeah. who, but on the verge, you want to talk about a tenuous position, very much like Daniel. Her people were facing genocide. Exactly. Literally, and yet she steps into into the lion's mouth, then becomes the queen, mm-hmm. and then has to influence one, Xerxes, one of the mightiest emperors yes. in history, to not allow these these people working in the backgrounds to annihilate her people all across Persia. Mm-hmm. Because at there again, Persia being the seat of the occult in that era of time. There again being another, you know, magically inclined, yes. witchcraft inclined yes. society. Yes. You know, and of course people always talk about how how Persia was very enlightened. When they conquered a people, they allowed them to keep their religions that's uh, true to a certain point, but they also had to be subservient to the emperor and worship the emperor. There again, like Nebuchadnezzar, yep. you know, here I sit in my throne, here I am, like yep. I'm, I'm a boss team. man. Yep. When yep. I say I want a new wife, everybody better show up with some ladies. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the <a> story. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, these Greeks over here are getting a little mouthy, I might need to go take care of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's you know we know we know these characters, we know these stories, but. We a yeah. lot of times we forget that, you know. There again, it, it, Daniel being the being, being the servant slave at that point is what I mean. That's what the people were. That's what he yes. was. That's what yes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. Yes, those those men who had been turned into slaves and 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 turned into you know educators because they were put they, because of the intellect that God had blessed His people with. Yes, you know, and that was something that, that, that was seen as valuable, and they were brought in and taught the lessons and taught how we think, but they did not give up on the true wisdom mm-hmm. that was founded in the truth of God, mm-hmm. that true wisdom that then would in, inspire and enlighten them to bring about change. Cause you, you have to think about if Esther, as soon as they were married, said, Oh, surprise, by the way, these are my people. Like, Hey, you know, yes. this, that could have ended very horribly, very quickly. Oh yeah. But very much like Daniel, Esther approached that in a, in a honorable way. Yes. In, a, in a serving way there again people always discount you know well the bible is always about these women serving these men i'm like no no no. it took extreme strength and extreme fortitude for her to approach her now new king and husband the way she did she had to be yes. subservient and play the role but as most as most women do and and gracious women uh know that you know, that manipulation or that guiding of a man to think, and of course, a lot of times they got to convince us that it was our idea to begin with before we actually accept it, but, <laughs> it's, but a uh, it's a gift, it's a gift, there again, when God created woman, that was our helpmate, that was there the, you go. you know, there again, they were designed to be that emotional uh, uh, part of halves of ourselves. It but, fulfills but, us, brother, that's, that's right, right. It But fulfills it's fascinating us. how, you know, repeatedly throughout scripture as we walk, it's, These people who never give up on the the truth and wisdom of the teachings of Scripture that are able to bring about empire changes. I mean, literally decrees that impact the world, the known world at the time and that footprint. I mean, how many times do we see throughout, especially the Old Testament, uh, but even amidst the occupation of Rome in the New Testament, how many times are God's people on the precipice of being annihilated? Exactly. How many times since the Bible have we seen God's people on the precipice of being annihilated? Exactly. And yet those that stand in truth and stand in the wisdom of scripture mm-hmm. see it through. Yes, right. they bring wisdom, they bring, you know, they bring creative things that are world-changing and empire creating and all these things to pass just by being obedient to the word.
0: That's right, you know. Uh, Let me encourage any and all God-fearing relatives today um, because you and I have been influenced and I know many others have too by godly parents, godly mm -hmm. grandparents, godly aunts and uncles, people who have been there for us in that moment. And Esther had Mordecai. Mm -hmm. And Mordecai was a God-fearing man. He was a devout Mm -hmm. and godly man. And, you know, he challenged her because that was, like you said, such a tenuous situation mm-hmm. she was in. And he challenged her at that one point, that faveness line. He said, Esther, do you not realize that you're here for such a time as this? And he honed her into her purpose. Yep. He centered her right there. Everything that had been, had been encouraged in her from childhood. Was coming to fruition. There again, I think that's what Paul was saying to Timothy. Remember yeah. that from a childhood, and there was a personal admonition right there for him to own up to that core that had been established in him. Those Bible studies that took place in his home mm-hmm. that we see back all the way back in the early chapters of Acts, yep. where, you know, a faithful mother and a faithful grandmother nurtured him. Yep. And, and even though we're not sure whether or not. He was obviously Greek, right. but we do not know for sure whether his father was a believer, but he had a father who was willing right. to allow that because, you know, as the as the man of the household and, and under Rome especially, if the father had said no, right. I mean, that would have been the end of it. But they had that gathering of believers, you know, from week to week and month to month in their home. Right. And Timothy was encouraged here here later to become the great pastor of the Ephesian church, literally touching thousands of lives in a crossroad city, ultimately one of the key of our New Testament writings, Paul to right. Timothy one and two. Mm-hmm. And we were last week, you know, we that's where we had settled in, I think, finishing up around it there in that third chapter, verse 15 and 16. Right. And Paul challenging timothy's core that from a child Mm -hmm. you know the holy right he called this well i think uh the nasb several different translations i think we'd agreed said the sacred writings yep you knew all these things and then in verse 16 he said he goes on to say and then all scripture is given is given and and it was given with with several things in mind it was given as a basis for teaching yep uh, a lot of times the word is doctrine there, but it literally talks about the, the very things that w- that are the issue settlers of our life. I mean, the teaching and doctrine we come to understand is yep. truth yep. Um, for rebuking or reproving. Yep. And because you see, dear friend, there is absolute truth. Yes, yeah, there hidden is, there? There is. There's, there's absolute truth. And that's why we have the word of God. That's one of the reasons we say you need to read the word. because we have truth presented to us that is established and not only, and so that we can all have that personal challenge like Paul gave to Timothy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course he says for correcting Mm -hmm. because it's it's one thing to be reproved or to be rebuked, but then there needs to be the correction of it. You You know, that's, that's the thing. That's, I think that's part of that. What John was saying about Jesus when he came on the scene. Right. You know, it's not just the law under Moses that told you this is wrong. This right. is wrong, and you just got to do But it's that grace and truth realized right. in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, that, that takes us into relation. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the wonderful things we're seeing in the New Testament church, mm-hmm. among many churches and, and even parachurch organizations, where it's becoming more relational. We right. need to be related to one another based on the truth of God's word. That's
1: right. Well, you know, the, the fascinating thing there, and you, you started, you were talking about that for a second, is how you can't, you need to be honoring those godly people in your life. And even those parents, you know, as, as, as a youth director, I can't help it immediately, my brain goes there for a second. You know, I've had youth ask me, well, how do I honor a parent that believes other? That is not a believer. That is that is or or believes, you know, falsely according to Scripture. How do I still honor them even though they're that? And I'm like, it's all about perspective. If you have that perspective, perspective of thankfulness and gratitude and grace, what you what you realize is, is there again, we don't know about Timothy's father, but if Timothy's father was not a believer he still permitted that to happen yes. in his home. Yes. So there's a spirit of gratitude, an aspect of gratitude and grace that you can take, a perspective of thankfulness that allows you to be grateful to that parent, that allows you to come to church, or that allows you to own a, even own a Bible if they believe other than. Because there are those that in their home they're not allowed to. You, you know, We have entire parts of the globe where because of the beliefs of the parents, it is a death sentence to own a Bible. There are. I mean, there. There again, there is such freedom and liberty in the fact that even if you have a parent that believes other than you, or completely does not believe in the Bible, if they allow you to at least own a Bible or be be around those that do, that is a blessing. Honor them for the simple fact that they allow you the freedom to believe what you are believing, what you are engaging in. You know, that is something. I think that is something that is so important. You know, and when we talk about the fact that the word, what it says here in Timothy about the fact the word is there for rebuking and correcting and training, what's so important there is it's love. Yes. Because, you know, we talk about the, the fact that, you know, there's certain old words and old language English words that are used sometimes in the translation that seem really harsh. But if you mm-hmm. have a mm-hmm. perspective of thanksgiving and a perspective of love and you know that based on the scripture, the character of God is one of love, then correcting or rebuking is not a bad thing. What it is, is it's a training thing. Those, those that are parents will know this, that when you have to correct your child and sometimes you have to correct them very sternly, very harshly, you have to rebuke the action. And, but you do it in such a way that they know that it's love. You know, that's one of the things that you know, you know, you know, with my son, we're going through that three-year-old stubborn. spell. Uh Where where a lot of times, you know, he likes to he likes to test the waters. He likes to see if there's breaks in the consistency mm-hmm. of the authority that he's, you know, under. And one of the things that we face is 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 that you have to always follow up your sternness, always follow follow up the rebuking of the activity with that sincere moment of love. Right. With that sincere Dude, right. You know, we I love you. I don't want this for you. You are not a bad boy. This is just bad behavior. This is just ugly behavior. This is something we are rebuking based on the truth that we have. That spirit of rebellion, that spirit of discontentment is not who you are. Right. It's not who you are called to be. It's yeah. not who we have spoken into your life to be yeah, based on right. the truth of scripture. That's you know, right. you know, there again the key verse for his life that we started from the moment he was born on has been Romans 12, um, uh, <laughs> sorry, let love be without hypocrisy, detest all that is evil, and cling to that which is good. 12.9. Uh, 12, 12.9. 12, I believe that's 12.9. I knew if I said it, I yeah, did remember. Good. Very good. <laughs> but it's that fact that love that is without hypocrisy will naturally build up in us a detest for evil you'll have no flavor for it you have no you know and it's so that rebuking that the scripture does that training for doing all all things that are right and being right mm-hmm. is so vital in our lives because yeah. what because what it did was rather than Daniel becoming Spartacus and having a rebellion and rising up against the weak king that he knew God had said he was going to have issues yes. he, he did he did the honorable thing and Daniel maintained his witness and said no great king." Here's the calamities that are coming to you. And though I wish they were coming upon your enemies, God has decreed. Yes. And, and, and you know, I'm, and he had a voice because, you know, there had to have been years of respectful service that gave that credence mm-hmm. based on wisdom and based on the truth. You know,
0: when Paul was instructing Timothy mm-hmm. and he said that this was good for reproof, Mm -hmm. for correction uh, of error. The Amplified says for correction of error and discipline and obedience and for training in righteousness, that is, holy living, Mm -hmm. in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action, so that the person of God, the man, the woman of God, may be complete, proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. You see, we, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, we want to do good. We want to do, but we want, but you got to do it this way or you got to do it this way. <laughs> well, God's word says, if we are lined up with that scripture, that is God breathed all scripture, mm-hmm. what he told Timothy, then these things all fall into play. Like you said, there the, the real true discipline does not come without true love. That's right. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. otherwise you're just, you're just punishing yeah, you're just punishing. Right. What we've done is we've 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 done this knee jerk thing in society mm-hmm. where we have just ripped out the guts, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me if that's offending anyone. We don't mean to offend anybody, of course. But you know, we're just ripping the innards out of right. the truth of mm-hmm. God's word because now, none of us like to be corrected. No, not at but, all. But but when we're reproved and then when we're corrected of the error right. and shown the discipline of right living. Right. and all, then it becomes a lesson in us whereby we, we have a choice. See, there goes, you know, Robert, that goes all the way back to the tree again. Yep, yep. Why the tree? Why yeah. the tree? Because God in his wisdom mm-hmm. gave us, created us as people with choice. Yep. We have a choice to make. That's what makes us human. That's we right. have a choice to make. And we can choose whether we're going to avoid the forbidden fruit, <laughs> right. or are we going to take it? Oh, but it looks right. good to eat. It looks right. like it's something to help make one wise. Right. There's all the reasons that never changed. It's right. never, never changed. And in fact, the psalmist even went on to say, or might have been the, uh, it might have been David's son Solomon in the Proverbs that said, you know, calamity will always follow the wicked. Mm-hmm. You know, for a time, it looks like they're going to... Pro-
1: we have something to share. We're really proud of this new t shirt, and we're excited to have it available for you on our website. Check out this t shirt and other merch at gonzobiblestudy.com. Remember, read the word and ride the ride.
0: This is Pastor Clark, and we're glad to have you watching the gonzo bible study and interacting with scriptures you know every day robert's putting up verses of scripture that we've talked about and things so every day you can have a word of experience and ride the ride thank you for your partnership and help to us you can go on our website and go right there and help us out or you can go to patreon if you want to be a regular monthly contributor and help us with this ministry but certainly go to our website, see who we are, see what what our faith is, and and certainly join us and encourage others. We want to see folks that are seekers,